0: So often throughout the course of history, patriots rise up at a time of need for truth and freedom. These people are called disciples of liberty for their undying love of freedom. The call has been sounded. Will you answer that call or sit back and let freedom die away? Unifying patriots everywhere against the evil trying to destroy America's freedom. You're listening to the Disciples of Liberty Radio Show on the America Out Loud Network. Now here's your host, Tim Alders.
1: All right, welcome to the revolution. Hope you're having a fantastic day today. We are here, we are live, we're talking to you about everything that's going on in our nation today has been pre-planned. There's a coup happening in America. As Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton and everybody would say, let's never let a good crisis go to waste. Yeah,
0: for President Obama was, is an old friend of, of mine and my husband's and was in the White House, when, when Bill was there, and, and he said, you know, uh, never waste a good crisis. And
1: These people learned everything they knew from people like Karl Marx, from Cloward and Piven, the husband and wife in the 60s, from Sal Alinsky. They want to totally disrupt and destroy America. They have no key, no, no care about what's going on in this country. The Cloward and Piven strategy is a political strategy that was outlined in 1966. They tried it at that time. They wanted to overload the U.S. public welfare system in order to precipitate a crisis that would lead to a replacement of the welfare system. They wanted to make sure everybody was able to essentially uh, be able to get... Uh, state income be paid through the government no matter if you worked or not it was complete control of of citizens through socialism and, and communism and this is the heroes of basically the hillary clintons the obamas the bidens these are the people that did it sal Alinsky talked about how to create a socialist state he said first number one health care control health care and you control the people right Uh, Number two, poverty. Increase the poverty level as high as possible. Poor people are easier to control and will not fight back if you're providing everything for them to live. So with this advent of COVID, the shutting down of economies and small businesses throughout our country basically has allowed more and more people to fall into the poverty levels in our society. So they've managed that, Increase the debt to an unsustainable level. That way you're able to increase taxes, and this will produce more poverty. What is it right now that uh, the Biden administration is attempting to do? To raise taxes. They've already spent trillions, trillions of dollars of your children's and grandchildren's and future generations' money to place us into this massive debt structure of our nation. So they've accomplished that. Gun control, Remove people's ability to defend themselves from the government. That way you're able to, uh, to create a police state. What is it they want? They want a federal police state. They want to take your guns. They want to seize your guns. Uh, Biden basically said that no constitutional amendment is good, right? ...is on the Second Amendment. There are phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. We should also ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. So no American amendment that were your God-given rights are absolute in the eyes of the Democrats and the people who follow Cloward, Piven, Solalinski, and Karl Marx. Welfare. Take control of every aspect of the people's lives. Food, housing, and income. What is it they're trying to do today? They're telling people that they can't, Evict people who haven't paid. They're controlling the food. They're controlling the income. Education. Take control of what people read and listen to. Take control of what children learn in school. Think about Common Core. Think about where we're at today with schools. They're not teaching the Constitution. They're not teaching uh, the principles of the amendments and the anti-federalists. They're teaching socialism. They're teaching these how to create a socialist state and how to embrace it. Religion. Remove the belief in God from the government and schools. They've successfully accomplished that. Hollywood, mainstream media, they've attacked religion, and they've attacked religious people for decades. Class warfare, the final one in how to create socialism by Cloward and Piven, uh, by Sololinsky, sorry. Divide the people into the wealthy and the poor. This will cause more discontent, and it will be easier to take to tax the wealthy with the support of the poor. When poor people believe that they are owed, then they will want government to take it from those they feel owe them. Now, here's a complete list from Alinsky. Rule one, power is not only what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. Power is derived from two main sources, money and people. Have-nots must build power from flesh and blood. These are two things of which there is plentiful supply Government and corporations always have a difficult time appealing to people and usually do so almost extensively with economic arguments, okay? Rule number two, never go outside the expertise of your people. It results in confusion, fear, and retreat. Feeling secure adds to the backbone of anyone. Organizations under attack wonder why radicals don't address real issues, All you conservatives out there, ever had a conversation with a left-leaning millennial or uh, even older generations and say, why don't they want to discuss real issues? This is why. They avoid things in which they have no knowledge. They haven't been taught the reality of what all this is in America today, and it's terrifying. Uh, Make the enemy live up to its own book of rules. If the rule is that every letter gets a reply, send 30,000 letters. You can kill them with this because no one can possibly obey all of their own rules. This is a serious rule. The besieged entity's very credibility and reputation is at stake because if activists catch it lying or not giving up its commitments, they can continue to chip away and cause more damage. Rule number five, and this is one of the the major ones they use. Ridicule ridicule is man's most potent weapon. There is no defense. It's irrational. It's infuriating. It also works as a key pressure point to force the enemy into concessions. Uh, Pretty crude, rude, and mean, huh? But they want to create anger and fear. What is it they're out there doing on a daily basis to us? Rule number six, a good tactic is one your people enjoy. They'll keep doing it without urging and come back to do more. They're doing their thing and will even suggest better ones. Radical activists in this sense are no different than any other human being. We all avoid unfun activities, but we revel at and enjoy the ones that work and bring results. Rule number seven, a tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. Don't become old news. Even radical activists get bored. So to keep them excited and involved, organizers are constantly coming up with new tactics. This is where the Pelosi's, the Chuck Schumer's, the Obama, the Joe Biden's, the Kamala Harris have learned. Don't just attack one thing. Make it guns one week, then attack debt the next week, attack the rich the next week. Um, Then you can go back to guns. Always rotate and keep the people hopping and keep them um, interested in what you're doing. Rule number eight, keep the pressure on. Never let up. Keep trying new things to keep the opposition off balance. As the opposition masters one approach, hit them from the front flank with something new. They basically say, attack, attack, attack from all sides, never giving the ruling organization a chance to rest, regroup, recover, and re-strategize. This is what they've done to Democrats forever. This is how they stole the election of 2020. This is how they made it popular in America to attack people. Rule number nine, the threat is usually more terrifying than the thing itself. Imagination and ego can dream up many more consequences than any activist. Perception is reality. Large organizations always prepare a worst-case scenario, something that may be further from the activist's minds. The upshot is that the organization will expand enormous time and energy, creating in its own collective mind the the rest of conclusion. The possibilities can easily poison the mind and result in demoralization. So sometimes when you talk to your base, when the left talks to their base, allowing their imagination and ego about what will happen if we do not pack the Supreme Court. What's going to happen if we allow conservatives, they're going to get rid of abortion, they're going to uphold gun laws. These people are going to make it awful for us in America. And Biden used to be totally against packing the Supreme Court. This is him. Roosevelt had just come off a landslide victory over Alf Landon. He had a Congress made up of a solid new dealers. But the nine old men of the court were thwarting his agenda. And remember this old adage about power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Corrupted by power, in my view, unveiled his court packing plan. He wanted to increase the number of justices to 15, allowing himself to nominate those additional judges took an act of courage and the part of his own party institutionally to stand up against this power grab. But what is it Democrats are doing today? They're making similar power grabs all over. They're making power grabs with trying to make Washington, D.C. a state. They no longer want uh, Republicans to win elections. They have made their move. They've done their revolution. They've made their coup successful. They stole an election. They control the House. They don't fully control the Senate, but they're getting rid of the filibuster, and they just pass things that legally they shouldn't be able to pass anyway. They're just doing everything in their power to make uh, America their socialist uh, state. Rule 11, the price of a successful attack is a constructive alternative. Never let the enemy score points because you're caught without a solution to the problem. Old Sot, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Activist organizations have an agenda and their strategy is to hold a place at the table, to be given a forum to wield their power. So they have to have a compromise solution. This is when we talk about BLM. They want a, a voice at the table. Cloward and Piven wanted the poor people back in the 60s to rise up and demand more free things from government. They used the Black Panthers at that day. It failed because at that time in history, there was more conservative college students and high school students. People were still teaching um, patriotism and, and telling their children that it's good to be proud to be American. Not today. We're not teaching any of this But yet, uh, they're making their second move in history because they recognize that what they failed in 1960 was they failed to control the narrative. They failed to educate a few generations of children that socialism is the better way to go than a constitutional republic. And since that time, they've centralized schools to the federal government. They've removed God from schools. You can't say a prayer in school. They've removed the Bible. Uh, They've basically done everything that if they would have done prior to 1960, we would have lost our country in the 1960s instead of losing it now in 2021. Rule 12, pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. Cut off the support network and isolate the target from sympathy. Go after people, not institutions. People hurt faster than institutions. This might sound cruel, but it's also very effective. Direct personalized criticism and ridicule works. So when they went after Trump, they weren't going after the institution of the president. They were going after Mr. Trump. When they went after the people on January 6th, they were going after the Proud Boys. They were going after the Oath Keepers personally. They were dragging people in personally personally because it's easier to separate people from groups. So when they go after evangelicals or Christians or conservatives. This is a pre-planned movement that they've done. So what's really funny is the Salolinsky's Rules for Radicals is old. Um, he's been dead since 1972. They were designed to deal with a political situation in existence during the 50s, 60s, early 70s. But this is what the Hillary Clintons, the Bidens, the Kamala Harris, the Chuck Schumers, uh, the people like AOC have studied on how to destroy America and bring it down and institute a socialist state. So, Cloward and Piven were Sal Alinsky lovers, Um, not in the true sense, but they loved what Sal Alinsky was teaching. They loved what Karl Marx was teaching. They were both professors at Columbia University, the School of Social Work, Uh, they formulated their own strategy in May of 1966, An article in the liberal magazine called The Nationalists at that time, the weight of the poor, uh, a strategy to end poverty, supposedly. The two stated that many Americans who were eligible for welfare were not receiving benefits, and that the welfare enrollment drive would strain local budgets, Uh, making a crisis at the state and local levels that would be a wake-up call for the federal governments. So they actually went out and tried to recruit people to go on welfare. They tried to um, get people, and this is where they started to recruit Black Panthers to go out and cause issues and trouble. They really wanted to force the Democratic Party, which in 1966 controlled the presidency in both houses of the United States Congress, to take federal action in their mind to help the poor. They stated that full enrollment of those eligible for welfare would uh, produce bureaucratic disruptions in the welfare agencies and fiscal disruptions in local and state governments that would deepen existing divisions among elements in the big cities, Uh, the Democratic coalition, the remaining white middle class, the working class, ethnic groups, and the growing minority poor. To avoid a further weakening of that historic condition, the National Democratic Administration would be constrained to advance a more federal policy. Now, Cloward and Piven taught in our schools, and a lot of the people they taught went off to be teachers. Um, These people had no love of our constitutional republic at all. Um, Like I said before, quote, this is what they wrote, quote, the ultimate objective of this strategy to wipe out poverty by establishing a guaranteed annual income will be questioned by some because the ideal of individual social and economic mobility has deep roots. Even activists seem reluctant to call for national programs to eliminate poverty by the outright. What they didn't think about, what they didn't address at that time, is if you could generate a livable wage by not working, how many people in the middle class or lower classes would continue to want to work and pay into taxes. This is the problem. When you're utilizing other people's money, eventually other people's money disappears and you no longer have other people's money. So the conservative caucus that was in 1982, Howard Phillips was the chairman, was quoted by saying that the strategy could be effective because great society programs had created a vast army of full-time liberal activists whose salaries are paid from the taxes of conservative working people. So even at that time, Republicans were saying it might be cheaper to pay these people because right now they're just on the welfare rolls and they're out getting paid to protest and demand more from conservative working people sort of an incorrect way to think if you're you and me. Now, these papers that uh, Cloward and Piven talked about were published again in 1971 and 1977. Uh, they wanted mass unrest in the United States. Um, they wanted massive expansion of welfare rolls. Um Political scientist uh, Robert Albritton disagreed, writing in 1979, that their data did not support their thesis. He offered an alternative explanation for the rise in welfare caseloads. So you have different people talking about this Cloward and Piven strategy, this Solonlinsky's Linsky's rule for radicals. And the rules for radicals are being utilized by Democrats today. It is amazing that so many people look at Sal Alinsky as such a a good community organizer. Alinsky believed that... Collective Action, as a result for the work he did with CIO, it was the Institute for Juvenile Research in Chicago, where he first became to think about community organizing and changing the narrative that college-age kids and high school kids were, were getting in schools. He used shared social problems as external antagonists to heighten local awareness or similarities among residents and their shared differences with outsiders. One of these community organizers' biggest thing, and remember Obama came from a community organizing background, was to utilize race and minority issues to divide people. Because if we can divide people, we can attack people, then who is it that controls the narrative? The political party in charge, which, if we look now, it's the Socialist Democrats in our nation. And that's why I say the coups already happened and we've lost. Now, these radicals, these people that are destroying America are very, very powerful people. And they have the money. They have the mainstream media. What is it that we have, right? How do we fight against a system that is so rigged against us? Well, we have to. We have to find a way. The problem is we don't fight like Democrats do. We're not willing to lose anything. And in the second part of this show... We're going to talk about Karl Marx and Frederick Engels. Um, they developed their followers to form the basis um, to get people into socialism, and then into communism, which Salolinsky, Cloward, and Piven all followed, in which many of the uh, Democrats today are following. You're listening to the America Out Loud Network. Remember, the America Out Loud Network is one of the few remaining. Conservative voices or voices of reason, voices of topics and talk and truth. You might not like the truth that is discussed, but it's truth nonetheless. So if you like a show, share the show. Go on your LinkedIn, go on your Twitter, go on your Instagram, go on your Telegraph, even try it on Facebook. Share it. Invite other people to America Out Loud. Listen to the podcast. Go find other hosts that you might match with, somebody who talks about pro-life or somebody who spends more time on the Second Amendment. But remember, everything is combined. Everything's being attacked at the same time in this nation. We can't just focus on one thing. And also, we're coming up to the break, so support the people who advertise. Buy their products because they're conservative advertisers. And if you have an internet product that you want to sell or market Contact us at liberty at americaoutloud.com through an email and offer to have us advertise your product.
0: The America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called shoptotheright.com. And it's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time For you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. Shoptotheright.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans.
1: right welcome back welcome back to the revolution you are listening to the disciples of liberty remember when we talk revolution john adams said that the real revolution of this nation happened in the hearts and minds of the people the hearts and minds of the people today have to decide what is it that you believe is worth fighting for what is it you believe is worth defending because it's all under attack right now in our nation last half an hour, we talked about Cloward and Piven and the uh, Saul of the world and how Democrats are utilizing their strategies to destroy our nation. This is what is being taught about Karl Marx and Marxism in our schools today. They're telling our children that uh, Marxism tends to create a system of true equality. Now, Although Marxism's system of government is considered as communism, and this is what your teachers are telling your kids, it places an emphasis on human rights, with its foundation encompassing equal gender roles, healthcare, and access to education. As Marx believed, there should be equality before the law and societal services, where everyone has an equal stance and the opportunity with no dominant gender. This means that every person would be able to get access to the most important things he needs, regardless of whatever he does or she does, wherever he or she lives, or how much he or she makes to provide a better living for those dependent upon them. Now, isn't this just crazy? No dominant gender. Look at us today in society. Nobody is unequal. They want everybody to be equal. Um... They also teach your children that it offers benefits to the society. If you look at the Marxist theory, kids, it's considered society as a whole, which means that it acknowledges all the social forces involved, including the power interests of different groups, stressing the role of class struggle or conflict within society between the proletariat and the normal citizens, it is effective in explaining changes in society. In essence, they say, it organizes society under capitalism where it tends to maximize profit in the proletariat. It helps capitalism evolve. Ironically, when huge multinational dominant the entire world economy Capital advocates would tell us that the future lies with small business or always state that small is beautiful. However, Marxism concerned that free competition inevitably begets monopolies where the struggle between big and small capitals always yields to the same results. In modern times, the vast power of multinationals and monopolies seem to exercise um, the stronghold, the stranglehold on the world, holding access to economies of scale, staggering sums of money, and they're able to manipulate the commodity prices or even influence the government policies. They say it, it reduces the tendency of debt. Under the Marxist philosophy, communities will be working together to achieve success. Remember, it takes a village where all people would come together to provide for each other with the help of the government distributing resources as required to those in need. And it protects the rights of unions rather than exploiting managers. Marxism encourages unions to stand up for personal rights, creating a systems of checks and balances for a maximum production level to be achieved. Now, they never really list any weaknesses of Marxism. Um, Marxism tries to abolish religion. Under Marxism, you would have the freedom to have your own faith, but you would not have the freedom to practice it in a way that is organized. What is it Democrats want to do to us today? As you can see, religion would ultimately place one group in a superior role over others, which goes against the equality principles of Marxism. This means that there would be no organized religion, which would affect prominent beliefs followed around the world, including Christianity and Judaism, as Marx felt that religion was used to control people, Marxism would not allow people to be free when choosing their own spirituality. Marxism negatively affects the educational system. It is important to note that Marxist education implements one of the absolutely state-controlled, which means that it regards too much importance to the role of the state in education, which means that the ways of teaching, uh, curriculum, construction, and examinations should be determined by the state, and it does not allow other agencies in education, including local, regional, or parents, to have any say at all. Marxist philosophy on education sees economic lying at the root of every human activity. Though this is not absolutely factual on scientific points of view, um, as economics occupied the pivotal position in the curriculum is one of the main objectives to acquire productive skills, which would result to create uh, our children, they believe, are being neglected. Uh, If you do not value private ownership, then you should be a Marxist because Marxism, while you're given a place to live as part of a community and contribute to the common good, you will have no private property ownership, which means that you might not have much control over your residence and your contributions. In Marxism, there will be the idea that private properties and businesses should be abolished. Which makes it impossible for anyone to take business advantage of someone else, giving him or her no reward for working. It limits opportunities for entrepreneurs. If you're doing business under Marxism, then basically you have to be working for the government, which means that you are not going to work as an entrepreneur, freelancer, or sole business owner because everything would run through. The government. And then, of course, Marxism leads to communism. This is what Karl Marx wanted. He wanted everything to lead to communism. So Karl Marx wrote 10 Planks to seize power and destroy freedom. Uh, Abolition of property and land and application of all rents of public land purposes. Uh, They wanted to get rid of everything. So we're going to go over the 10 planks of Karl Marx. And you got to remember, Karl Marx was 1848, but it is what the current 2020 and 2021 Democratic Party is utilizing in our nation today um, to destroy everything that we are doing. So as we said, Karl Marx advocated the use of any means, especially including violent revolution. Now, the Democrats haven't had to utilize violent revolution because they've pretty much pulled a coup on our nation and took it over without shots being fired, other than by BLM and Antifa in Portland and other cities. He wanted to bring about a socialist dictatorship. Sound familiar, AOC? Um He suggested 10 political goals for developed countries such as the United States. How far has the United States, traditionally the world's bastion of freedom, free markets and private property gone down the Marxist road to fulfill Karl Marx's socialist aims and Biden's and Kamala Harris's and everybody else on the Democratic side? You be the judge. Don't let me influence you. I'm just going to tell you what I think. Number one, he wanted abolition of private property in land and application of all rents of land to public purpose. Now, the courts have already interpreted the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution in 1868 to give the government far more eminent domain power than was originally intended by the founders of our nation. Under this terminology, eminent domain, and various zoning regulations, land use regulations by the Bureau of Land Management, property taxes, environmental excuses, private property rights have become diluted. And private property and lands, vehicles, and other forms are seized almost every day in this country under the forfeiture provisions of the RICO statute and the so-called War on drugs. So, number one, his number one plank, do you believe that's been achieved or not? Number two, a heavy progressive or graduated income tax. The 16th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, 1913, which some sclegic-type people in this nation maintain was never properly ratified. And various state incomes taxes established this major Marxist coup in the United States many decades ago. These taxes continue to drain the lifeblood out of the American economy and greatly reduce the accumulation of desperately needed capital for any future growth, business starts, job creation, and salary increases. So I don't know what your thoughts are on The income tax, the 16th Amendment, but you have to decide whether that one's been accomplished by socialists and communists in our nation, like Biden and Kamala Harris, and many in Congress. Number three, the abolition of all rights of inheritance. One of the Marxism attacks on private property rights is in the form of federal and state estate taxes and other inheritance taxes, which have abolished or at least greatly diluted the right of private property owners to determine the disposition and distribution of their own estates upon their death. Instead, government bureaucrats get their greedy hands involved in everything because they need to make every dime they can to maintain power over our lives. Confiscation of the property of all uh, rebels. We call it government seizures, tax liens, forfeitures, public law 99.570 in 1986, executive order 11.490, sections 1205, 202 which gives private land to the Department of Urban Development, the imprisonment of terrorists and those who speak out or write against the government, 1997 crime terrorist bill, or the IRS confiscation of property without due process. Now, according to them, I'm a domestic terrorist. They can come and take me at any time. Number five, centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital and an exclusive monopoly. The Federal Reserve Act, which was created in Congress also in that awful year of 1913, is a national bank, and it politically manipulates interest rates and holds monopoly on legal counterfeiting in the United States. This is exactly what Marx had in mind and completely fulfills this plank Another major socialist objective checked off the board, yet most Americans naively believe the U.S. of A is far from a socialist nation. Come on, people, wake up. Number six, centralization of the means of communication and transportation in the hands of the state. The U.S. communication and transportation are controlled and regulated by the FCC. Established by the Communication Act of 1934, and the Department of Transportation and the Interstate Commerce Commission, established by Congress in 1887, and the Federal Aviation Administration, as well as Executive Orders 11490, 10999, not to mention various state bureaucrac- bureaucracies and regulation. There is also the Federal Postal Monopoly, Amtrak. Conrail, outright socialist government-owned enterprises. Instead of free market private enterprises in these important industries, these fields in America are um, semi-cartel through the government's regulatory industrial complex. Now, you have to decide if these first six are checked off the list. Number seven extension of factories and instruments of production owned by the state, the bringing into cultivation of waste lands, and the improvement of the soil generally in accordance with a common plan. While the U.S. does not have vast collective farms, we've allowed China to own collective farms in the United States, um, which failed miserably in the Soviet Union, we nevertheless do have a significant degree of government involvement in agriculture in the form of price support subsidies, acreage allotments, and land use controls. The Desert uh, Desert Entity Act and the Department of Agriculture, as well as the Department of Commerce, Labor, Department of Interior, Environmental Protection Agency, Bureau of Land Management, Bureau of Reclamation, Bureau of Mines, National Park Services, and the IRS control of businesses through corporate regulations. Plus, if you look what COVID did, it basically gave governments total control of every business in the United States. Number eight equal obligations of all to work, establishment of industrial armies, especially for agriculture. We call it, in America, the Social Security Administration and the Department of Labor. The national debt and inflation caused by the communal bank has caused the need for two-income family. Women in the workplace since the 1920s, the 19th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, assorted socialist unions, affirmative action, the Federal Public Works Program, and, of course, Executive Order 11,000, And I almost forgot the Equal Rights Amendment means that women should do all work that men do, including the military, and since uh, passage, it would make women subject to the draft. Number nine, a combination of agriculture with manufacturing industries, gradual um, abolishing of the distinction between town and country by more equal distribution of the population all over the country. We call it Planned Reorganization Act of 1949. Zoning Title 17-1910-1990 and Super Corporate Farms as well as Executive Orders 11-647, the 10 Regions, and Public Law 89-136. Now, Democrats want to urbanize every part of America, Right? They want lower-cost housing. They want uh, inner-city people. They want to allow immigrants in to make people come to this nation who want their socialist utopia. Number 10, free education for all children in government schools, abolition of children's factory labor in its present form, combination of education with industrial production. People are being taxed to support what we call public schools, which train the young to work for their debt system, the government's debt system. We also call it the Department of Education, the NEA, and Outcome-Based Education. They are teaching your kids to be part of a socialist nation and to work to pay off their debt and keep them in power. So I ask you, And I want you to think about this. Is the United States of America a free country today? I would say hardly not. Not compared to what it once was and what it was once intended to be. Yet, very few of us will challenge these Marxist institutions, these Marxist politicians And none of our elected officials are actually protecting our constitutional rights. There are virtually no politicians calling for the repeal or the phase-out of these Marxist programs. While the United States of America may still have a little more freedom than most other countries we have nonetheless lost many crucial liberties and have accepted major socialist attacks on freedom and private property as a normal part of our way of life. The nation whose founders included individualists like Thomas Jefferson, George Mason, James Madison, John Adams, and Patrick Henry, has gradually turned away from the principles of individual rights, a limited constitutional government, private property, and free markets. And instead, we have increasingly embraced the failed ideas of socialism in this nation. We should hang our heads in shame for allowing this to happen. And we should be really devastated that so many are still allowing it to happen. This is why you have become disciples of liberty. You are going to become a champion of liberty because it's not too late to reverse these burdens and enact more pro-freedom reforms to our nation. Put us back on the correct track. I believe Washington's gone. I told you I think we need a divorce as a nation. The left has had a head start over us on the pro-freedom right people. The enemies of American freedom admittedly dominate the entertainment industry, the television, news media, all academia, but we do have one strategic advantage over the left. The reality, including man's nature, is on our side. So unlike socialists and liberals, welfare state fascists, we are not in the position of having to advocate a system which constantly tries to make water go uphill or force human beings into a ridges utopian straitjacket based on the whims of some clique in Washington, D.C., of politicians and bureaucrats. We know, we know as a people that individual freedom for peaceful people within a constitutional republic works in practice. Our country's history demonstrates it time and time again. But this piecemeal abandonment of those principles and institution which once made America great has proved to be a dead-end road to failure. That is why I tend to latch on to the Constitution. That is why I created the Disciples of Liberty. That's why you're here listening. Because you're like me. It's not that we're long-term optimists believing that everything's going to be great. I mean, things look pretty glum right now, right? Eventually, this country got prohibition repealed. We have issues with our income tax, our government schools, our fiat money, our central banking, uh, the environmentalists out there, regulations, property forfeitures, and Everything that Marxism has taught the left, like AOC, Kamala Harris, Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, all those people, those of us who would carry forward the ideas and principles of self-ownership, private property, free market, the rule of law, and our constitutional republic, which informed Um, America's founders must become more active on these ideological battlefronts, folks. You have to become involved. We need more influence, not just in politics, but in areas of entertainment, academia, journalism. We need to create our own think tanks. We need to be more involved with our churches. We need our own individualist Literature, art, and other venues of expression and activism. Marxism and socialism has failed time and time again. Colossal failures all over the world, folks. As Frederick Bastier wrote in the classic The Law, just prior to his death, everything else has failed. Let us now try liberty. Are you willing... To try liberty. Are you willing to stand up for your children and grandchildren? When are you going to get involved in the battle that's happening all around you? When are you going to stop caring about what the left-leaning members of your family will think? What your left-leaning friends will think? Because I tell you what, once everything falls apart, they're the people that will turn you in. They're the Karen's. They're the ones that have turned you in for not wearing a mask. They're the ones who want businesses shut down. They're the ones who want reparations for slavery. Remember, I say it again. We cannot let people who lived in the 1800s, like Karl Marx, we cannot let the 1960s Cloward and Piven and the Saul they their training take over America's constitutional republic. We have to stand up and we have to say, no, enough's enough. I'm sick of losing freedom. Are you? I'm sick of it. Are you? We have, since the beginning of our country, since the 1913 era, We've had global ambitions of Marxists know that the only way to conquer America, to take over our nation, would be to do it through our schools, through our media, through our large corporations. And they've done it. They created social media, and then they stopped conservatives from going there. Now, my book, Origins of Liberty, talks about two choices— You either believe your liberty is unalienable and it comes from God. Constitutional rights are not guaranteed. I argue with that, folks. Our constitutional rights are guaranteed because they're from God. But the book Origins of Liberty says if you believe, if you're one of those left-leaning people out there and you believe it comes from man, any man that can get more people than you organized together can take away everything you believe in. And that's not the America I wish to live in. Not the America I wish to believe in. The one where our current guy sitting in the White House says... ...is on the Second Amendment. they are phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. We should all... Our freedoms are absolute, and that is what the Origins of Liberty talks about. You can get it on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, in the America Outlaw Network. Remember, folks, you have to stand up. Find the shows you like, share the shows, support the advertisers, and until next time, have a great day.